Attention, Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. In today's episode, the group goes tryhard on an event. Jake gets zapped by Jolteon. It's Chuck's birthday, and RY for gaming wins the tournament. How are we doing today, Chuck? It's going great. Had a great day. Yes. Uh, more for that later. But uh, just going on, uh, it's getting real close to that birthday. Um, that is right. <laughs> so I've had a lot of preparation this week because I'm going to plug my little birthday bash I'm doing on my birthday, which is the 23rd. And if anyone's local listening, Saturday the 23rd at our local spot, Heroes Inc., we're having a special birthday bash. It's the second annual triple threat birthday bash. So uh, it starts at one, show up, it's going to be $15, and there's going to be packs and cool stuff for prizes. But it's a little cool format where we do best of three, but you bring a, a three decks, and you have to win with two different decks. So if you win a game, that deck is out, and then you have mm-hmm. to switch to one of your other three, uh, other two decks and then win again. Um, so it's triple, that's why it's a triple threat, threat format. So, yeah, it's it, last year it was super fun to play in. I uh, can't wait again uh, to play this year and then just, just hanging out with the group again. Uh, always fun times. Yeah. So if anyone's local and listening, or if even if you're not local and you want to come to Pittsburgh on the 23rd and go Do to it. Heroes Inc., it'll be fun. Maybe worth your time. If you it will be. It well. will be. It'll be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as me, uh, this week, uh, my son Brody started hockey for the, uh, you know, the, the Baby Penguins program. Um, so this Saturday was his uh, first practice, but go, before that, we wanted to go and do a public skate on, on a Friday night. Uh, so we skated for two hours on Friday, then went into his practice um, yesterday, and that wasn't enough ice time for him. So he wanted to um, go to public skate again right after his... <laughs> after his uh, practice. So he's, he went out for another two hours and was able to skate and, and do a really good job. He, he, he really kind of blew me out of the water. Getting to see him just skate out there was super awesome. Um, and he did me proud. So uh, that was great to see um, uh, my son do that. That's cool. But for sure. But um, today we're actually, this is kind of a special episode um, based on kind of what you were alluding to. Um, and we'll get more into what we're alluding to later. Um, but we have two guests on, two locals. We got our very own RY for gaming, and we got uh, Brian, aka Dez, um, all from our local group. Welcome, guys! Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for having me again. For yeah. sure, I, yeah, having you guys on is awesome. Yeah, both of you been on here before. We're just uh, Ryan's been on many a times. Mister New Wins Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Best segment. <laughs> best segment. He went. <laughs> Ryan's best segment of the watch, or whatever we'll yes. call it. He went really quick from like ah, I don't want to listen to myself to ah, best segment. <laughs> That's right. I cringed every episode for like I cringed for like three episodes. Uh, I think we uh, I did the same. I think Chuck, you're very much in the same boat there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still don't like listening to myself. So. Yeah, no, you do a good <laughs> job. But uh, yeah, uh, how you guys been uh, since the last time you guys on? Let's start with uh, Des. How, how have you been? Good, nothing new in my life or anything like that, but doing fine. That's good. Any, I know you're a big comic fan. Any uh, new comics <laughs> that you picked up, up from our local store? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely read a lot of comics all the time, but I don't know. Right now, X-Men's my big thing, so I'm always getting like different variant covers and stuff of X-Men books that Heroes Inc. always seems to have, so that's probably the main thing. Nice, nice. Now, I, 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 sorry, Chuck? I, I know Des has uh, spotted out a, two, a, a couple for me to pick up, too. So Yeah, I have a little bone to pick on you uh, with you, though on the comic edge uh heroes did have a star wars themed marvel <laughs> book that had ahsoka on it and you were bashing her you are wrong sir ahsoka is the best star wars character by far it's fine we won't it was a different <laughs> podcast <but. Yeah. laughs> ahsoka tano for life okay <laughs> uh how about yourself ryan what what, what have you been up to um, not really much there's things going on but it's just been the grind the daily mm-hmm. grind as much as i can that's very fair well he's got the big news we'll, we got to talk about later until we, yeah. we're trying to keep him quiet until we talk about it later so it is a hard yeah, task. yeah they got their mouth you got their hands over my mouth like stop don't don't say stop, it stop. all right all right so we'll move along and try to get to this what, what what our big topic is why we got these two guys on here but first we got to go right in and do some random card madness right i love it all right my favorite segment of the show so- we're going to do two because I had these two guys pick out some uh, set lit, uh, sets. So each one picked a set. We're going to go with Brian's pick first, Let's go. which is Chilling Rain. So we're going to random generate a number here from Chilling Rain, which is a set containing 198 cards. And we got card 130. So this may be a trainer. We are. We're looking at the card Avery. Oh, <laughs> all right. So if we know anyone doesn't remember what Avery says, Avery is a supporter. Draw three cards. If you drew any cards in this way, your opponent discards Pokemon from their bench until they have three. Now, I remember this is spoiled. This was like, oh, sh- crap. There goes Eternatus. Uh, it's this Eternatus killer, but I've yet to ever see anyone play this yet. So what is this card good or bad? What do we think? Let's go Ryan first. I think Avery just isn't good because people were able to just discard their their uh, what what is that called? What are they? What are they? They are liabilities. That's yeah, the your word. liabilities. Yeah. <laughs> They're liability <laughs> cards. So since people were able to just discard their liabilities, it's like, well, what? Are, why are we even? You know, mm-hmm. is this even effective? It, it didn't really do too much against Eternatus because Eternatus was bricking himself. You know, defeating themselves in the for the most part. Uh, that deck just wasn't even seen in the meta. So. At that point, there was just no reason to play, no reason to play Avery. The deck that it countered just wasn't ex- wasn't existent. Okay, I have a little bit of a take on this. If you if you want, uh, I can go next. Go ahead. Um, so I've seen, I believe it's Leafyon that's been playing this uh, in a couple rogue decks. I've actually seen it twice on the ladder, um, and with and not necessarily going in Leafyon, but with all these drizzles um, or the Sobble lines up there. Um, it was, in, at least in one game, very effective of killing my bench where I didn't. I, it, it was like my supporter line or my backup attacker. Um, so it kind of disrupted me in that way. Um, so there might be a little bit of value in that compared to you know, maybe what you, you know we, we all thought um, initially. Initially, um, still, I think it's it's quite it's binder fodder currently. But you know, it, it has seen maybe a little bit of niche play. Um, but for me, I yeah, binder fodder. 
Well, let's see. Brian, what do you say? Yeah, Jake, I was definitely going to say, like, I just kind of was thinking about using it again. With all these Intellion lines out there, I think that gives it an interesting function. I don't, mm -hmm. so far, we don't see it being used. And I feel like most decks probably just don't have the space for it. But I was like, we all, we don't see this card played very much because we don't, because Eternatus has died. And, and this might be why, because if people were playing Eternatus all the time, then we, people would be playing Avery all the time. But Eternatus is the only one that really gets obviously hurt by that card a lot. Like between that and Path to the Peak, you could just completely shut down Eternatus. Um, like I, I, like I said, I think that it is an interesting idea to start using that against people using Inteleon. So, but right now it's just not getting played. But maybe people might want to start experimenting with it if they can find a slot for even just one Avery in their deck. Maybe you might end up using it. So you're saying, you know, there there is maybe an issue outside of just binder fodder. Yeah, I'm. I like the idea of the card. I just not convinced it's gonna catch on. But I, yeah, I'm gonna say it has its use for now. Maybe don't throw it in the binder right away. For sure. And Chuck, how about yourself? Uh, I am. I am kind of with you and and Des on this one. Um, the niche use of the discarding Pokemon from their bench uh, could be useful. Um, it's not seeing play now because I don't think the, the payout of discarding those bench Pokemon is worth it. Um, I think everyone decided, I think if Eternatus was still hot, they might be, but I think using path the peak to discard them down to five is good enough. Um, making them play with a normal size bench isn't, is enough to deter Eternatus. So uh, Avery just wasn't necessary. But if if that this card effect ever gets a little, like becomes a little bit more important, it might see a lot more play because you're getting a little draw, which we've all seen it's hop plus more. So not bad. Not bad. No, just not, just not the best. It's not meta. I would agree. I would think anybody would, would not claim it to be meta. All right. We're going to do, I'm going to move this on. We're going to say that's kind of niche. Throw it in your supporter box or wherever you keep stuff that you don't necessarily use right away. Um, but not in the trash. So we're going to do a second set and we're moving in the battle styles because this was Ryan's pick. That's right. Um as I accidentally closed the set list, but there was 163 cards in that set. Let's generate a number for that. We're going to look at card 12. Card 12. Uh, that is a low number. And <laughs> it is uh, which evolves from Scatterbug. Uh, stage one. Um, I don't even remember this Pokemon on being in this set so let me see what else Same. it does <laughs> wait what is it spupa yeah spupa my computer is being wonky with me so it has scatterbug is the basic um and then it can is it vivillion what is the stage two yeah uh, which will eventually give you vital power heal all damage from two of your bench pokemon as an attack for one colorless 
and gust for three energy and 90 damage on a stage two, which you're super excited about if you're a stage two. But that vital power, vital powder attack is what you're looking for. But it's Spupa is the card we got. What do we think? Anyone, anyone in, in the in the camp of put Spupa in the deck? No. <laughs> no, I mean no, I'm trying, <laughs> but just no. Stage two, I... that's not Inteleon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's obviously if you're gonna use it, you're using it for Vivillion, and Vivillion is not good at all. So. Dude, Pavilion. Even was if a card? you were using Pavilion, you'd probably just like skip over it with Rare Candy because the pupes pupa gives you no utility in any way. A grass and two colorless to gust for ninety damage on a stage two. Um, no, when thank say, you. <laughs> it's not even a gust. There's no gusting effect. The attack is it's just called, called gust. gust. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just called okay. gust. It doesn't even <laughs> gust you, but it just. No, thank you. Um, yeah. This is just. This doesn't even go in the binder. This goes into your bulk, uh, and you sell that to your LGSs for some store cred. Dude, yeah, this card was a card that when we were cracking boxes, we would literally sacrifice this card for better luck. <laughs> it's a rare, too. Uh, well, I guess the Spupa is not a rare. It is a rare. Yeah. The Pavilion, the pavilion would be a sacrifice to oh the next gosh. pack. We sacrificed that, is hot. that card. That's a hot mess right there of that, that, that pokemon line all right so that one is definitely a bulk bin i right ripped there. that i sacrificed that yeah all right do we have uh now it's time to go into the whimsy new. watch ladies and gentlemen trainers and pokemon alike you're listening to the whimsy watch this is all over gaming but you can call me ryan this week we have 13 tournaments to cover Without much else to say, the decks have performed the best this week. Number 4, we have Zacian and Ice Rider and Teleon. The dynamic Doggo Duo are added again this week with 8 instances in the top 8, earning them their spot in the best performing decks this week. Ice Rider and Teleon ties with Zacian variants with 8 instances in the top 8. Down from the most played last week to number 4 is fascinating to say the least. Number three, we have Leafeon and Teleon and Umreon Urshifu. Leafeon and Teleon bats in with nine instances in the top eight, proving myself wrong yet again that a deck that can hit for zero damage can indeed perform well. Umbreon Urshifu ties with Leafeon and Teleon with nine instances in the top eight this week. Umbreon Urshifu seems to have been on a downtrend this week. Are the inconsistencies of this deck catching up to it? Number two, we have Suicune Ludicolo. Suicune Ludicolo dances into the number two spot with 13 instances in the top eight, taking better prize trades and finding that Ice Rider makes a better partner than a leader for water decks. Number one, we have Dragapult Inteleon. Dragapult Inteleon takes its throne once again this week with 18 instances in the top eight. I don't think there's much more to say other than welcome back, champ. And that's it for our best performing decks of the week. Let us know on Twitter at WatchWhimsy and at RY4Gaming what your favorite Gym Leader Challenge deck is. Now, onto the decks that took home the gold. Up first, we have Dragapult Inteleon winning four tournaments this week, those being the Yosefi Celebrations Ultra Premium Collection number six, the GG Tour Chill TCG Showdown number six, 
the Chill X Late Night Series Invitational. And last but not least, the Sunday Open won by yours truly. Yes, I get to brag. Bragging rights, that's what I won. <laughs> Next we have Suicune Ludicolo with three tournament wins. Leafeon Inteleon with two tournament wins. Jolteon Inteleon, Umbreon Urshifu, Shadow Rider, and Sylveon all with one tournament win this week. And that does it for this week's Whimsy Watch. Be sure to join in the roundtable discussions on the Discord every Wednesday at 5 p.m. EST for the most thought-provoking discussions and the best debates. I hope you all enjoyed your time and had a wonderful time. I sure did. I got to brag about winning a tournament. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. And we're back. Uh, Ryan, that was great Wednesday watch. Great, great job. All right, let's go straight to some stories because there is no news to talk about this week so jake i know you have some stuff maybe some stories about pulling cards and stuff yeah so i i want to just kind of briefly touch on the uh pokemon celebration set uh i know our first week for our um, lgs heroes inc they were you know unfortunately they didn't get any stock the first week but they got plenty of stocks uh coming into the second um and, you know, everybody, a lot of us were opening packs and pulling some stuff. I got an Umbreon Shiny Star. I was super happy about that um, off of an ETB. So I got all the cards I really wanted. I didn't really want too much, but I got my Umbreon because, you know, that's my boy. Um, but there was a funny story, and I feel like I should share it um, from our local group. Um, we have a couple collectors and, and pretty good players uh, in their own rights uh, in our group, and one of them, Devin, um, he acquired a, I think it was the Charizard Sylveon box um, from another local, Tim. And he ended up pulling the Charizard, uh, the 25th anniversary Charizard. Tim was super jealous. So he's like, here, I'll trade you this whole box set again with the Charizard, um, the Charizard uh, Umbreon set. I believe that's what it was uh, for like a one-to-one -one trade for the Charizard um, for the set. And what do you know, Devin pulls another Zard. <laughs> and I just thought it was super funny. And, and just the laughs that we got out of that um, was pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, that, that, yeah, I just feel that that was, you know, we're sharing. Yeah, was, I remember I, I missed the whole pulling part, but the story was hilarious because he pulled the Zard. And that's the one thing Tim's been looking for and he hasn't pulled it yet. And he's opened a lot because he's a collector. So he was like. I'll give you these two other things or this thing and he made a trade for it. And then Tim just, or not Tim, but Devin then just opens a few more packs and gets another Charizard out of it. Yeah. I actually believe he got a Mew out of that, the gold Mew too, out of that, um, out of the trade. I don't think it was a one for one, um, but either way, it was just kind of funny. Um, yeah. But um, as far as Ryan and Brian or uh, Ryan and Brian, did you guys get any, any celebrations? Were you guys excited about this? Um, uh or we're getting you to the polls. I opened so, an ETB. Sorry, Ryan, but I, no, yeah, I opened go. an ETB. Uh, not while we were there, but that was the only thing of celebrations I opened. I got, I got a lot of Pikachu stuff, both V Maxes, which I was happy about, and at least one Professor's Research, not a full art. So I mean, yeah, besides you got, the you gold move. That was all I really was like looking for. So it was fun. You gonna make that surfing Pikachu work? <laughs> I, I am doubt. I mean, I only got <laughs> one, but it's a cool card. Let's go. How about you? Uh, you run. 
Uh, well, I spent the whole $45 on all the celebrations that I'm going to ever see. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, just buying singles because this set to me is overpriced. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. You're, you're more of a player um, over a collector for sure. So I'll collect some cards, but I'm, I'm not really looking at every single one of these cards and going, I want it. I would <laughs> much rather have Evolving Skies because I believe it's uh, believe it's more fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I agree with you, Ryan. Like the set, the set is definitely more geared towards the collector. So as, as like us players or like everyone on here, we're probably not looking for anything crazy except for some news out of it. Cause that might be the card that, it, that might be the most playable card in the set. And they're not hard to come by if you just want to buy some singles, but it was fun opening them. So, I mean, they, they are pretty cool packs to open for some fun. So. I am kind of upset that I forgot to use my dive when we played on Thursday because I like the dives really cool. I like using like the set dives from the ETB as my like rollers for when I start games. That's a fair I point. Guess yeah. Just anytime you call heads or tails or whatever. And like mm -hmm. sleeves are cool, but usually don't end up using them. So, I mean, I, I, I usually try to get at least one ETB of every set just because I collect stuff like that. But now I just have a bunch of empty boxes laying <laughs> around, so maybe I should stop. Same, if you look at the backdrop there. Um, but Chuck, I know you had a deck that you um, wanted to try out of Celebrations. And you know, tell us what it is and how it has been going. So yeah, this is the one thing that I've wanted to build because I looked at Lunala and one, um, it has a Lily in it, the art. So I was already drawn to the card because it's one of my favorite trainers. Uh, and but then I looked at her for the Lunala's attack two colorless it has lunar pain and you double all of your damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon so you literally just take 30 and make it 60 uh, and that just seemed bonkers to me and right now it, I'm I put it in a deck and it can kind of work it actually does work especially since Lunala even though it's stage two uh is only a single prize. So you have a little bit of time uh, and you just have to pair it with something uh, that obviously dishes out damage counters to everything. And I think we all know of a, you know, bug Pokemon that likes to dish out 10, uh, a damage counter to every Pokemon in Orbeetle. And uh, it, it's not the greatest. I still have a lot of fine tuning, but it's getting the job done. It's working. Uh, Lunala, I think could actually be a threat uh on on the board in in a standard format deck um it's not too crazy to get uh enough damage counters on something to actually start taking knockouts yeah i mean so, just the whole like concept of the deck uh and being able to maybe potentially take six prizes in one turn seems that, pretty bonkers that's been the closest uh avenue i've had um to more success i mean the, the knockouts seem to be coming in waves that rather than one at a time mm -hmm. um orbital offers a bigger hp platform so cheryl works just to help buy yourself some time to continuously build up damage counters right now it's just the consistency being able to switch and hit uh orbitals and make sure you're generating damage counters because once you get to 40 or so which isn't hard. I mean, we're talking about maybe if you get two or three Orbeetles and one turn of switching with all of them, um, that 40 or 50 quickly becomes, and then you have Lunala's out, 
uh, that 40 or 50 quickly becomes 100. And then that 100, the next turn quickly becomes 200 and something. So then you're looking at, I mean, if you're these on the board, you're looking at taking knockouts. Um, so get three of those, you get a win. And hopefully you haven't lost by then. That's all. I mean, it's <laughs> fun, but it's starting to work. And it's something that I haven't, I mean, I'm just, I saw this and I want to make it work. And it is going to be something I'm going to work on. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to uh, see it in action um, down the road. What do you guys think? Do you think uh, there might be some legs to this? I think if there's a way to get stage twos out easier, then yes. But until we're looking at a way, a consistent way to get stage twos out, that's actually good, whether it be in a supporter or an item or a stadium, then mm. I think we're just going to continue suffering the stage two drought that we're going to, that we constantly have, unless it's Intellion, because it yeah. actually has some other that's use. Been the, that's been the biggest downfall, because I, I think uh, once people see what it does, they're like, oh, oh snap. And <laughs> then they start going Kill for Lunala's. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, no, no, leave her alone. <laughs> leave that alone while I continue to do this. Because there's really no other win condition like Orbital can't get 300 damage counters by itself. I mean, I can attack with it. I put energies in there, but it's not uh, that's not conducive to winning. So, uh, like Ryan said, it, it can suffer from that, especially if because uh, you want to do them quick. Because if you more longer you leave them out there, uh, the more chance they have of going away. So, yeah. But I don't want to take up the whole time talking about Lunala. No, it was just a fun thing. Guys, on, uh, especially because now it's the time where we get to talk about what we did. Yes, uh, because we had a big kind of like test thought experiment that we did this weekend, right? Yeah. So I want to first and foremost say I kind of got the inspiration to do um, kind of this uh, testing group out of um, just all the interviews that we've done with multiple different players um, that have been in the game for quite a bit of time and and a lot of them oh we were just like okay going into regionals um you know we you know x amount of you know our testing group would get a hotel and we would just test 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 the night before and then jump into whatever x regional that was and then you know kind of try to win as a group um and ever since i've heard multiple people on our podcast say that i'm like that this is perfect that is you know something i want to strive for with our group and now that we're all kind of starting to gel as, as a unit um, or just, you know, a local community and of decent players here. Um, I'm like, let's do it. So I threw it out to the group um, and then, you know, Ryan and Brian and then Chuck yourself and myself were, um, we kind of did a simulation of that. So what we did was we met up on Saturday night, we picked Sunday open. So we met up Saturday night and we kind of looked at the meta, um, you know, what was doing well, what wasn't doing well, our kind of, you know, assessment of why that was on each deck um so then we ended up picking a deck out of that um and then going from there we you know talked about the 60 and pros and cons of you know every specific card um down to like a switch or or um or anything like that so we were really into the nitty-gritty of that and then as a group we kind of came into consensus and basically picked the same deck um, and then went into the tournament Sunday open this time. So we were, this is our first time as a group that we went try hard. Um, and we were kind of pretending it was a regional style event. And we were trying to, as a group, uh, quote unquote, get as much CP as possible, um, you know, going into that and out of the four of us, um, you know, see how many points we could get. Um, 
so yeah, that's basically what we did. Um, but do you, I guess we can talk about maybe the deck that we chose and the night before. Well, um, but well, yeah, but you, you broke it down. What was the, the overall mission for the weekend that yeah. we we're going to talk about? Um, basically try harding or theater crafting a regional event and, and simulating it out. So let's take it step by step. Let's go, let's yeah. start with the first day with Saturday and we get some Brian and Ryan in, into this conversation sure. and say what you guys, uh, we'll start with Ryan. We'll go at, at, go to you and see what was like the big things to take away from the Saturday night, the basic head, uh, head, what do they call it? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, the study session on what mm -hmm. to play and what to uh, build with. So I think the biggest thing that we uh, that we considered and looked at was not only the popularity of that week's meta, because having the whimsy watch there means I have access to the data that I've been collecting all week. So I was able to easily tell where we were at with each point and say, okay, well, this deck is very popular this week. This deck is not very popular this week. We had looked specifically at the tournament that happened that night and we'd actually saw i believe it was at the late night series i believe yeah, it was the chill 500 series oh I yes think the gg tour yeah the gg tour that's right and that de and the deck that we really looked at for that tournament and just said well we're not playing that was umbreon urshifu yeah. we had said that that the deck has done very very poorly this week and we're just going to stay away from that train and keep that in mind for going forward. So we started looking at the decks that were over the last two months that were making top eights. So the most popular deck making it into the top eights over the past two weeks was Dragapult by a marginal landslide being well over 10 instances in the top eight over the rest of the meta. And that helped us conclude that we should probably be looking at Dragapult and focus around Dragapult. Should this be Dragapult is our deck or Dragapult is what we counter? And we had said Umbreon Urshifu is what we're not going to play because it is not performing well this week. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, let's not do Umbreon Urshifu, which is the primary counter to Dragapult. So I think that kind of steered us into the, well, you really only have a few choices at this point. Dragapult, the best the current best performing deck in the format you have ice rider and suicune ludicolo and that was really it we had those three decks sashian was up there but it was like it was just behind suicune ludicolo i believe mm -hmm. and it was like okay well what should we do and we ended up looking at different matchups and deciding, you know what, let's let's try out Dragapult. Let's all get the cards for Dragapult, build it together, and play it. And I think focusing on that best performing deck mm -hmm. was probably the best decision that we could have made yeah. because its ability to perform in most situations and be as versatile as it can be was very helpful for us. For yeah. sure. And then I want to kind of add to that. I mean, some of us have played a lot of Dragapult myself, and I think, um, Ryan, you've played a, a fair amount. Uh, I know Chuck and Des, you both haven't played it as much as, you know, the two of us. Um, but after we kind of, you know, found the deck that we were going to play, we definitely spent at least over an hour 
um, deck testing against different matchups. Um, did you find that, that, you know, just with it, you know, those conversations and then deck testing um, that that kind of helped, um, you know, get your feet wet in, in your feel for the deck? Yes. Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were talking to me, Ryan, but uh, yeah, 100 percent, because I've literally never played Dragapult once. Um, <laughs> it's not not that like I know that it's good and I that's why I voted for playing this deck because I know it'll be good. It's just not one that ever tickled my fancy as far as play style goes. I'm more I like I like going for the big flashy like one hit KOs yeah stuff so that's not what you're getting out of this deck but like i once we settled on this i definitely needed to play it against other matches if for nothing else just to help you get the math in your head i think that's key especially when you're playing in person and you can't like kind of cheat use a calculator um you need to know how much damage you're doing and how much you're going to do and how much health the people you're playing against are going to have. So you can make the right decisions, especially with a deck like this, where you're like plopping damage here and there. <laughs> um, this deck definitely demands, you know, what the other people are going to be throwing at you. And it helps when you're playing online and you can see their list ahead of time. That was very helpful. For sure. And I think that testing really, there were a couple like key points that, you know, we of small decisions we made with deck building that really kind of came into effect, um, you know, in, in the Sunday open. Um, so a lot of those, I, at the first foremost, I guess I want to talk about the Sobble line. Um, there's been a lot of. Hold on. Before we get into specifics of Dragapult, I want to ask the group mm -hmm. one more like quick question about. Sure, sure. Um, just the overall, like, choose it, like, because what we did was we chose a deck before we really got into the nitty-gritty of what the deck was. So, like, like Ryan alluded to, we had other choices, but I wanted to ask Ryan and Brian if uh, having that kind of, like, forum of what to play, because, like Brian said, he never played Dragapult, um, but still knew it was a good deck. If, if like, having that forum was good for you to figure out what might be the best thing to take to a regional where the CP is going to kind of matter. So like, did you, right. We'll go, we'll go Brian first. Uh, did you like that? Like having that conversation on what to play in general? Uh, so you mean just like deciding based on what the meta is going to be like, like what deck you would yeah. use? Yeah. Basically yeah. deciding what yeah. you think might be the best deck to play. Not yeah, necessarily I mean, what's the, what's in the deck, but what is the best? Yeah avenue to go down yeah i mean i've played in competitive play before the lockdown and everything so that's always something you had to consider like just because you like a deck more than another might not be the best choice um i think consistency is what you're always going to want to look at and next to that i would say trying to counter whatever the big deck you think it's going to be whether you're playing it or not you need to think about how you're going to counter that so i think thinking about what the main deck or the best deck quote unquote is going to be you need to do that no matter what whether you're playing it or going to be playing against it ryan did you have any other thoughts to add to that on <laughs> on that discussion well for me 
my first choice going into Sunday Open would have been Ice Rider because I feel like the deck is very consistent and has a high damage output and can really perform well in most situations. And I feel like having the group talk that we had allowed for us to really evaluate why choosing one deck over another is more important. You know, prioritizing which deck we believe as a group will do better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chuck, I know you also feel my sentiment on Ice Rider's a really good deck. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, I felt like Ice Rider was just a really good deck and I could just follow through with it and just do really well. And uh, I guess I was proven wrong today. <laughs> so I, I mean, Ice Rider's I, still a good I, deck. It was yeah. just like at those conversation points that we were so having just too. A little bit like we didn't see, there was very few of them in the tournament and they didn't place in the top high numbers at all uh i think part of the reason why i didn't want to play that was because of its weakness to zashian and stuff that we had been seeing a lot mm-hmm. so like that played a big was, role yeah and i mean we had weakness to consider with dragapult as well but it just like zashian obviously a huge damage threat so it's like we can survive like some against some umbreons and stuff but I don't know. Zashian was really dominant in the look in the meta recently and proved to be pretty well. Yeah, I think too. It, I think it had eleven percent of the meta share of the Zashian today. deck overall yeah, today. So second in in this tournament, it was either second or third meta share behind Dragapult. Third meta share behind Dragapult and Leafy on ten. But instances. what Ryan was alluding to was what I wanted, like why I wanted to ask that question because, like Ryan said, I had a different mindset of what I thought would be my play. Mm-hmm. So. I liked having the team conversation kind of like objectively find what will be probably your best play in this tournament. And that was different for me, even yeah, we all uh, played in it. You won't see my name anywhere. We were also watching like stats of a tournament that was going on live and the night before. Yeah. And so, I mean, with the way things go on these online tournaments, like people do a lot of, seeing who won copying that deck and yeah and so and, there was what three dragapults in the top eight or four or whatever in that last one and then there was a bunch of dragapults today so i mean it yeah. just it proved itself like the meta kind of the trends will be following at least and then an, another point i want to add to that is yeah you, know, you know the deck that we were talking about before is the the single strike box with umbreon and urshifu um and the night before in the GG tour, that was by far the deck that was pe- being played the most. But we also saw the trend where it was well, like severely uh, underrepresenting, and and I think it was in the forty percent win rate. So we were thinking 42. that people, yeah, people were going to be down on it. So the so like the plus of Zashian and the minus of the the single strike box. Um, kind of led us to the direction of Dragapult over like that uh, Ice Rider because, you know, there, there's a big swing there on, on, you know, both those kind of um, counter decks, as you would say. So mm-hmm. I think just as a group, we kind of, you know, pl- pl- uh, weighed the pluses and minuses of each um, compared to the to the, the counter decks and kind of made our decision based off that and, and consistency. Yeah, I just I just wanted to bring in the importance of looking at it objectively between oh, yeah. the group. Uh, which we did, um, and I thought we did pretty well, and it proves later. But um, I will let we'll go into because after we did did choose Dragapult, we yes. also Dragapult in in there. 
we we went a little harder like you were alluding to like you were going to talk about earlier yep um into what 60 we're taking so go yeah ahead, so the, the first going. thing uh, i think just in the you know in the overall community there's been a lot of debate between the 60 hp rapid strike um sobble versus the 70 hp base set sobble that doesn't have any abilities or i'm sorry um uh, family calling or whatever it is um keep calling keep calling yes so there's a little bit of versatility but less hp um and we ended up going with the 60 hp variant um for the keep calling um i guess i think chuck you were more of on the side of the 70 hp and then i think the three of us picked more of the um the 60 hp but there was a lot of discussion uh, and it was a very you know thought out uh, you know decision-making process to come up with the 60. Um, Ryan, do you want to kind of um, maybe allude to maybe some of the reasons you were heavily, you know, going towards the 60 HP? So for me, the 60 versus 70 HP only really matters in matchups with bench sniping. Mm -hmm. And not all of those bench sniping decks matter with that math. If you're looking at Jolteon, 60 versus 70 doesn't matter. If you're looking at Rapid Strike Urshifu, 60 versus 70 doesn't matter. Now, if you're looking at Dragapult and Inteleon VMAX, uh, Inteleon VMAX, not really a good deck right now, uh, but Dragapult. So that's mm -hmm. the main deck that you're really concerned about with these Sobbles. And I value Keep Calling more than I value 10 extra HP on this Sobble. Mm -hmm. Now, could that make you lose a game? Getting a Zigzagoon ping on your Sobble and then them taking an extra prize and then now you're just dead drawing for the rest of the game? Yeah, it could. It could also mean that you're dead. Now, the 70 HP, you could just be dead drawing because that's the only card in your active mm -hmm. and you have an energy in hand, but you have nothing else and then you get donked. So it's more about which one do I prefer? Do I prefer having the chance to just not play the game? And get donked, or do I prefer to have the chance of having my opponent be able to snipe my bench? Mm -hmm. And I think that with the quick shooting in Talion being as prevalent as it is, 60 versus 70 doesn't mean as much as people make it out to be. But it's a preference. Now, yeah. if there was a retreat cost difference, that'd be something else. But it's only HP, and that's it. Yeah, uh, Des, do you, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I I was a little curious about how it was going to play out because I think there's valid options for both, and I haven't played Dragapult a lot, so I wasn't positive. I don't. I literally, I really don't play Inteleon mine decks basically at all. Just mm -hmm. just because that's where I'm at right now. Not that I think it's a obviously it's a great choice. It's just not the decks I'm playing. So I didn't know how often keep calling would be used and I ended up needing to use it one game. So, and I know at least you guys did at least once. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we did end up using it and I was surprised that, to see that like I did actually run into a lot of people using the 70 HP, which, and I also prayed on the 60 HP ones like a good bit. So like it, it is a bit of a toss up, but I, think that at the end of the day being if you find yourself in the spot where you need to use keep calling you're going to be really thankful that you had it yeah 
And one thing I want to add to um, just in my experience with this tournament and outside of it, um, especially in that mirror match is it's all it, the 70 HP one is only good for that early game uh, to protect from the zigzagoon. But once like um, your opponent sets up, uh, if they get that, uh, the quick call or the, the quick shooting Inteleon out there, that HP doesn't matter. So mid game, um, you know, if all things are even, uh, your Dragapult's still going to be knocking out the 70 HP. And that happened to me several times throughout, uh, throughout the tournament as well, where I was yeah. able to take out a 70 HP as they played it, um, just taking, you know, the 20 damage from the ping and then taking them out. So I think overall I was happy with our groups, um, you know, just discussion on this and the outcome. Um, but there was definitely, you know, merit to the 70 HP level. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I was one for proponent for seventy, um, but I I see its point. What uh, about mixing them? Up? Like we didn't even like consider the idea. No, because if, like, if you mix, if, then if, you're you're not um, calling for family um, to this max yeah. effect. Yeah, if you that's the one thing I do agree so on. So what? You can only find other rapid search ones. Yeah. Yes. Rapid strike okay. Pokemon. Okay. Too. Okay. Yeah. If you mix and you're just decreasing, you might as well just go all 70s because you're decreasing (laughs) the rapid strike one that much that it doesn't really matter. For sure. Yeah. I I mean, they both have their merits, but uh, I know uh, the Sobble was one thing we talked about. And then having. I'd be curious to. Sorry, Chuck, I didn't want to. I'd just be curious to see like a breakdown of how many decks use one or the other because I definitely ran into more 70 HP than I thought I would. Yeah, it, it's it's weird and it's really hard to tell what what is actually making a difference. So, yep. All right. I don't I don't know I don't know if you can even tell. Like you'd have to go. I I don't know if there's a way to tell if that sobble will make which one will make a difference. Like if you're yeah if you're seeing seventy HPs lose more or win more or what? Yeah, so we could find out. Do the math. Well, maybe crunch the numbers. Ryan. Can do it. Yeah, come on, Whimsy. Let's go. All right. I know you were saying some other cards there, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. I know Sable was one of our discussions. I know we had a long discussion on different tech cards as well. Um, Was that help? I'm just kind of looking at it as a a macro or macro from wide experience, like going over the tech cards and deciding what was good. Was that helpful? I know we had discussions on escape ropes and path mounts of path to the peaks mm-hmm. things like that was that helpful in your guys's deck choices were there considerations in that you wouldn't have really thought of or didn't think to play that we threw out there that i, was I good? for sure yes i for sure um thought it was very helpful in my experience because in my experience i've been playing a lot of four fog crystals and not really having um you know the tech cards uh with you know um, before this tournament, I guess I, I was playing a lot of Switch and Fog Crystals. Um, and with, you know, our group discussion, um, talking about uh, energy disruption with Crushing Hammers, Fan of Waves, um, you know, you had to fit those in there. So we kind of really went light on the switching effects and and actually lighter on the Fog Crystal, which ended up working well for at least me in my, in my games. Um, but I think I wouldn't have looked at the with the, the text quite as though in the light that I did going into this tournament after our talk, um, if it wasn't for our Saturday night, um, you know, powwow thing. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about taking that depth in depth look of text 
especially since we were gearing towards, like you said, we were looking at what was popular in the meta and we were gearing those texts towards that. Uh, I think for the text, we had really were looking at two people's decks. We were looking at, I think it was first and second place in the GG Tour. Mm-hmm. And one of them played Hammers and the other one didn't. And we were looking at them very considerably because we believe that Hammers is the better card for that matchup. So we're like, I okay, well, we really need to do that. Hammers. <laughs> we really need to do Hammers. And we, and we were like, yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, we were talking about fog crystal counts and switch counts and all that other fun jazz. And we ultimately decided on a general skeleton of it. And I believe, I believe most of us took maybe one or two cards different. Yeah. Cause I know that I was one card off of everyone else. At least uh, I had four fog crystals and I had a tool scrapper. Whereas that everyone else wanted tool jammer. Cheater. Cheater. <laughs> Pumpkin eater. Um, we, we, we were just, we were discussing path to the peak counts and, you know, there was a discussion around two count of Path of the Peak instead of three. And I was uh, I, I was pretty hard on that statement of we need at least three Path because Zashian is a very, very powerful deck in this meta. And we need that card for that matchup. You know, what other cards in our deck are there for that matchup? And the answer was your tool removal and Path of the Peak. So you need for Zashian tool removal and Path of the Peak. And that with the popularity of Zashin, we're like, yeah, we need to have path in the deck and not at a light count. So, yeah. That, and, and I think one of those two lists had no path to the peak. And that was just crazy to me. Um, not being able to, you know, disrupt your opponent with path uh, Marnie, super prevalent combination there, um, especially with the energy disruption. So those are like a lot of comeback potential cards um, by locking your opponent out. So I, I, was definitely on the train of having more path than less. All right. So, I mean, we went over how we, we went deep in the deck. We did testing. I don't think we need to talk about how. Don't you want to know how ran. I feel about it, Chuck? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, Brian. That's, that's I didn't for, know I skipped them, you. That's, so that's for cutting them off earlier, Brian. Brian, how do you feel about that? <laughs> do you want to? <laughs> no, uh, go ahead, Brian. I, I, call me out. I'm good. Go, go I'll tell you. <laughs> and I don't want to share. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, whenever I'm playing in a tournament, like thinking about the minute tech details is probably the thing that wrecks my brain the most because having that one card might win you the game or not have you might lose you the game. And so I, looking at meta is huge for that. You need to think about what your opponent's going to be doing and i i like message people a lot and be and bounce it off i'm like how do you feel about this so I, talking about it for as long as we did definitely was very useful i think we all i think each of us kind of advocated for some specific that made its way in and i think like chuck or like jake was mentioning about cutting out a fog crystal like i'm always I'm always looking out for like if you wanted that little extra tech, like look at how many cards you have in there, four ofs or something. Like you probably don't need all four of them in most cases. So mm. that's the types of things I look for. And like we don't need to get in any more into like the fine details of what we chose until like later. But I think we came on something really well rounded and I think our tech definitely showed up 
at least once, like in all the games we played. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think... say without the group, the 60 I brought would not have been the 60 I would have brought. Oh, yeah, mine would have so Yeah, Same. I agree. And I think every single card we discussed in length came in hand, like, because we we were we heard and we discussed our, our matchups after the fact and when we saw what was important. So we knew that, like, things that we discussed came out, like escape ropes in the deck or – uh, have making those hammers count or the tool scrapper being important the the path counts how like we saw the fruits of that discussion come out in the tournament and we so also that, saw that, that no matter how much you tech for something the prizes might still just completely <laughs> screw you over exactly. i mean that's that is uh, i don't know how many i like it's so game. frustrated when i have one ofs that end up in my prizes it's <laughs> like come on really that's just sad yeah but in most cases, we, you know, we can go overcome, you know, those right. prizes with the yeah. deck that's so consistent, like Dragapult. We then did, you know, uh, in-depth testing and stuff like that after we did all of the discussions on what to put in the deck. Uh, we don't want to go in the details of matches for that because then we took that 60 uh, with maybe each of us having a one slight variation card difference. And then we we put it to the test at the Sunday open in the morning and all four of us entered uh, all four of us came out uh, on the other side. Some of us in higher places than others. <laughs> um, I'll just go out. I'm just going to put it out there. Now I was the one that took all the bad juju for everybody. You sure did. Took all the bricks, <laughs> all the bad variants. And I went uh, one and three and quickly dropped because I was done. Uh, Dragapult didn't want to complete uh, compete with me today, but it's because it you hurt his feelings uh, the last time you were talking about um, Ice Rider saying that was BDIF and not Dragapult, so it, it hurt you. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, it just wasn't my wasn't my day today, and I was happy to take the bad variant deck starts and everyone for everyone because we'll go, uh, Jake. You can talk about your performance in the Sunday mm -hmm. Open next. We'll work yes. our way up. So, okay, first and foremost, like I said, uh, this was kind of an experiment as like a team to see is how much CP, like obviously there's no CP, but like if this were, um, you know, for us as a group, how much can we acquire? Um, and I ended up finishing in 19th place, just missing out on the cut. Um, and my day was going real well um, against a lot of different decks until I hit Jolteon. Jolteon both times went first and hit the nuts never even with hammers hits and in tool scrap or i had a tool jammer ended up um you know tool scrappering it off um and kind of put an end to my day i went five three obviously if i would have just had one more win um making cut um with these two fine gentlemen part of our group but finishing 19th out of 100 and i think it was 18 uh players uh 120 some players i don't know exactly One, the amount 118 total 118 so finishing in you know the top 20 um felt pretty good um obviously there were a couple things that i wanted to change with the, the matchups but uh um jolteon didn't like me too much um as far as techs i think uh having this crushing hammers really made a big difference or the energy just um removal in, in general uh, because when I did play against Rapid Strike, Urshifu, and Dragapult, um, having options to mess with their energy counts and, and then 
hopefully, you know, you know, being a little bit more consistent with maybe some some of the techs we had um, was a big difference in those matchups. Um, so I think, you know, the talk really helps, um, you know, me with with some of the decision making and, and matchups that I had. Uh, I mean, it, it, you have some of them tough, tough uh, matchups come up every now and then too. that just they want to stick it to you. Um, but let's go uh, move over. Brian, how did you fare at this guy at this tournament? Yes, yeah, so I made the top or the phase two cut. I uh, I was yeah, I went on a six game win streak to start out, which was really nice. And then after that, I took a tie with the other gentleman who, or I guess it's, I don't know, it's brother Arrow, so it might be a guy who knows. But uh, we tied out just because we didn't need any more points and whatever. And then I ended up playing against the Jolteon after that and took a loss. And that was... Um, that was a tough game. Like Jake already said, that's a really tough matchup. And, uh, I don't remember the being too specific, but that's just a hard deck to keep up with. I think I was playing tool jammer and like, I really needed that to slow down with his charm. So I don't know, like that was one of the baits we had was tool jammer versus tool scrapper. So that's up in the air. That was another conversation, but then, um, after that, the top eight or the phase two started and I won, loss, one loss. So I beat a Sylveon deck. I remember that being pretty easy. And then I lost to I lost to Rapid Strike Urshifu because of a very bad misclick at the start of the game. I was just like You gave a free part of the away. Yeah, it's just always been of trouble with online. Like you start thinking about a ton of stuff and you don't realize you might click on some wrong. So I I was thinking it was clicking done for like the game to start, but it was like done for my turn. I just and I played it out and it was really close. So that turn might have really helped me and that could have changed a lot of things. But then after that I played a mirror match and won and then I played against Zacian, who it was a really close game, but the guy, I had him in a really tight corner. He had Zacian. He had just attacked me and couldn't attack this turn. And then he, he had like two cards in his hand or something. And he used primate wisdom with the Rangaroo and lo and behold, got a switch and he switched out and did a lot of damage. And then he ended up getting his access to his other switches too, like exactly when he needed them. So that was the deciding factor. Um, I think a lot of the time I, I, I went first a lot of my games and that's pretty huge to, based on the amount of mirror matches I had. And I did beat Azashian earlier. And I think going first with this deck is pretty huge based on just what I went through today. Yeah. Sure. And uh, it look, it, standing says you have, you finished sixth. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, a top eight performance. Uh, could have been maybe. I might have got if I would have so played it, not taken that tie. Like I easily could have gotten like fifth. Yeah, not that, that, last that really match matters, was, but that last match was a close win and in. It would have came down to um, 
stand like final strength of schedule. Um, I think if the you would have made top four. So I mean, it was just a, you were you were real close to top four as well. Um, so I mean, so we of of the the two we talked to already. I mean, we got a top eight, a top top twenty, top yeah. twenty, top eight. Um, that would have been a lot of CP. Uh, yeah. No one would have gained as much CP as our own Ryan, though, because. Ryan, how did the tournament fare for you? Uh, well, I actually came out on top. I won the Sunday <laughs> Open this week. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so let, let's get let's get into this journey because it was a journey that was definitely not without its ups and downs. This was not a smooth ride. I didn't go six and zero to start with, <laughs> unlike Brian over here. Yeah, uh, my first match was a loss. Some I can't. I was the I was the first one of our team to lose. Before we go on, I do want to just mention in this game for you um, in tournaments. I've had tournaments in the as well as losing the first round. There's a lot of people that just like doom and gloom. If you lose that first round, um, that's not a time to get down on yourself. That's the time to just get focused and and keep going. Especially so think- in this <laughs> where it was like points based and not just like straight top eight. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, continue on your story. Yeah, so th- that was the first bump in the road. I faced a Dragapult mirror match, and they ended up coming out on top because I believe they hit three out of their four hammers, and I didn't hit a single one. And <laughs> that made all the difference in me just being able to shred and then max phantoming every turn. So, yeah, that that was a uh, not so fun. That was not so fun to do at the end. But moving along, we had an Ice Rider that I. That I ended up beating. They went 0-2 drop. A Sylveon that I ended up beating. And a Zacian that I ended up beating. Next up was another Dragapult Inteleon. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. I lost that game too. I was not doing so hot with the Dragapult yeah, I won mirror. like all my mirror matches. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and I was losing all my mirror matches. So while y'all were prospering, I was <laughs> struggling. I, yeah, so, I won all mine. So after my second bump in the road, the tournament decided to give me somewhat of a relief and said, you know what? We're going to give you Rayquaza. <laughs> so I got given a Rayquaza game, and Crushing Hammer came in clutch. Discard, uh, I hit two out of the three, hitting their fire energy each time. Oh, geez. Uh, they, they ran four fire energy, and they just weren't able to get the rest. Path of the Peak stopped them many, many a times, and it... The power of Dragapult won that game because of its disruption. Last but not least, the second to last game before phase one ended, I faced a Dragapult in Teleon, and I tell you, I was sweating in my boots when I saw Dragapult <laughs> because as the story has already gone, I am 0-2 against Dragapult. And I'm looking, this, this is the same guy. This is the guy you lost to in the fifth round. Same guy. This. This was a hard match but i ended up coming out on top i believe i set up a 190 onto their active and said you don't have any energy on your bench that dragapult that's on the bench that you can put energy on and evolve is now going to have i believe it already had 50 on it so it's going to have another 50 and have 100 so they're already on a downwards they they, they are on an uphill climb and i ended up taking it because they were like this is it done so 
I'm like, okay, I am five and two. I have to win my next game to get the 18 points. And I come up against none other than the deck that Jake has been struggling with this entire time. That ended time. my day. Honestly, this de- if it wasn't for this deck, I would have been sitting pretty. <laughs> I was sweating in my boots because the next deck I played was a Jolteon. And Jolteon, from Jake's perspective, was a ridiculously hard matchup to go against. So mm-hmm. my decision of Tool Scrapper happened to be the biggest proponent of actually winning in this matchup because they couldn't just boss around that tool jammer. Yeah. They had to they had to reliably get another item out of their de- out of their deck while I'm getting rid of their sobbles on the bench and be able to continue playing on with their game. So the disruption of Dragapult and taking out Drizzles and sobbles on the bench and getting damage into the Vmaxes as well as stopping their items from being on or their tools being on them was insurmountable for how important that it was in those matchups. So I ended up going six, two into phase one. And that was, that was pretty cool. That was the first time I ever made it through a phase one in a tournament. And I was excited. I that's got not to completely true. Two. That's you. You've made phase two in our, in our Saturday selects. Oh, that's right. So this will be my second time. Yes. Screw yes. That. You cannot understand. I remember that. Next up, I came into phase two, and there was a uh, there was a Dragapult and Talion. This was the guy and, you had played before. I misspoke. Yes, this was the guy that I played before. This was the guy, the second Dragapult that beat me. So I was like, oh, 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 sweating in my boots because I know that this guy can hit crushing hammerheads. Okay, <laughs> he's a good Pokemon player. He's he's really skilled. Uh, no offense, I like him, but. I came out on top because I believe my hammerheads were hitting this game and his were not. So I was the skilled player. And that's that. Next, we had a really difficult matchup for probably every player in the tournament, which was Zacian. Zacian and Zamazenta really, really nails the coffin for a lot of decks if you're not able to play around it. So the key of having your path to the peaks when you need them and setting up your Inteleons and shredding or max phantoming at the right times tends to decide your games. So in this game, there was a lot of give and take back and forth. You know, at one point I attached three energy onto my Dragapult. Why? So that if there's Amazenta hits me, he's still going to take 20 damage with his assault tackle. I would rather him take the 20 damage after discarding one psychic and one horror psychic just so I can get the extra damage on him and take a knockout next turn. So little key points where you just, you might have to give a little extra so that you can take a little extra later were the most important parts of any of the, any of the Zacian matchups. Yeah. I think those little micro decisions, like you just said there, um, are really the difference uh, between a win or a loss, especially in a deck like Dragapult, where you're just doing, you're not one-shotting anything, and you have to really, every damage counter matters. Um, so small micro decisions like that um, can't be understated, you know, of, you know, the importance of making those decisions. So, um, yeah, congrats on that, on, on, you know, having the foresight to play that extra energy, you know, just for that extra 20 damage, which was, you know, a difference maker for you. 
Yeah, when you're able to hit, when they have 160 HP on a on a Zamazenta and your max your max Phantoming for 130, it makes a difference whether you have to put the two Intellion pings on him or you can put them on a bench. So damage matters. <laughs> Next we have uh, Weezing Intellion. I dead drew hard. Game over. He won. Bye. Um, <laughs> next was a Jolteon Inteleon. Now, after the first Jolteon Inteleon, I was uh, I was a bit I was a bit more ready for this matchup. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, Tool Scrapper is going to be really good, and this is uh, this is this is going to be good. So I go into there with my Tool Scrapper, and I end up I end up going into this game, and I have two Dragapults, and Two Sobbles. I have one. I have one turned into a Drizzle, and they put a damage counter on another. They end up bossing up my Drizzle and saying, "Thunderclap, we're taking both of your Drizzle. We're <laughs> taking your entire supporter line out." I was like, "Okay." They have four prizes left. I have two V Maxes out. They have to take a V Max to win the game. In the other in the other direction, I am taking out their supporters as well. So now they also have no supporters. I have no supporters. I took out their energy. I'm discarding their energy with hammers or fan of waving it back to the bottom of their deck and getting rid of their tools. They were not able to continuously get set up. Whereas I already had my four energy down and was already set up to go. So it was a matter of consistency. And I ended up coming out on top of that because Dragapult and Talion, baby. <laughs> now yeah, the real yeah. interesting part of the story, we had top four. Now, you might think, ooh, time for matchups. No, time to talk about the fact that one guy had to bubble out of top four. So there were two people that were guaranteed to go to top four. And there were three of us that would have 19 points. And the three of us that had 19 points, the person with the lowest opponent win percentage would be would be out. They would bubble out of top four. And it just so happened to be the Dragapult and Talion that I beat oh, geez. at the beginning of phase two. And then yeah, it took us to the... top four. I was so scared. I was, I was so scared. I'm like, Oh man, I could, I might, I might be forced to take fifth place here, even though I'm doing so well. Oh no. But top no, four your came. resistance was your resistance was just that much better. Yep. That's right. So, top four uh... came up and a wheezing and Talion matchup came and I won the first match. That uh, was just a lot of, I, I think the first match came down to a good chunk of luck because I had to give, again, with that give and take kind of mindset, I had to give up a sob. I had to give up a whole Dragapult V while mm -hmm. setting up one on the bench because I'm like, I don't want them bossing. Uh, like they, they can boss and start doing some stuff, but then I'm going to start being able to do stuff as well. But I didn't want to move my Dragapult out of the active. I said, you can have it. They're setting up a Sableye on the bench and I end up knocking out um, their, their Galarian wheezing and some of their other stuff on their bench. And I end up being able to take enough prizes by knocking out support Pokemon along with some attacking Pokemon for good wins. But the give and take there was the most important part of that match as well. And then the next match, sorry to user Thomas Harvey, he dead drew really hard in the second match and it made him lose the game. Hey, sometimes you need a, to have luck on your side. I mean, you can't have, you know, 
all the games just come down to, you know, those decision-making skills. Sometimes it does come down to luck um, for or against you. So it was on your your side that time. In my last game was against user King Ben from Germany. What an awesome guy. He played Zoshkin. And the first match, I was able to move my damage. I was able to put my damage counters on in the right way and won my game stellarly. The second game, I lost. I was behind by one turn. And if I was able to get one more turn of attack off, I would have been able to win. But he was one turn ahead, so congrats on him. Intrepid Swords of Busted Ability. Um, The third game, however, ended up going to time. And we'd gotten told that it is the person who has the most prize cards taken at the end of time will win. And... At that point, I ended up having three prize cards taken at the end of the timer, and my opponent didn't have any. So I got declared the winner, and we played it through at the end, and I ended up winning because he was he had to be hasty. The gameplay changed at the end, where it's now we have to be hasty and really try to take prizes compared to mm-hmm. play the slow and methodical, I'm, I don't care, I'm going to wall you off kind of day. So different mindset caused different decisions, caused different mistakes to happen. I guarantee you I had mistakes there too, but uh, I, I won, so, I don't, so we, we just ignore those. <laughs> For sure. No, congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Con- congrats on that. I mean, it definitely sees well, and, and it was nice to see one of us actually take the performance to where we wanted it to be at top place after when we started this on Saturday night, just talking about it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, big congrats to you, um, Des, um, and just the group in general. I think the experiment um, was a success, regardless if you would have, um, you know, come on way with the, the tournament win or not. Um, just the camaraderie between the group um, and kind of the decision making throughout, um, you know, that night before really kind of helped us. And I can't wait to do this IRL. Uh, this, again, was just more of a simulation, uh, but super pumped that you did that. I think. I've been saying it for weeks, months, um, you know, that to watch it for everybody else to watch out for Pittsburgh because we're coming. Um, and this is the first time we really got to sit down and attempt to come out, you know, come out the rest of the world. And I think we did as a group in fi- flying colors. And I agree. Yeah, one, here. one other thing I want to point out on your run, Ryan, just because I think it's a stellar thing that you did um, in each of your phases, you ended up beating in the second you ended up playing someone you had played before previously in the tournament and lost to, and then your redemption match, you won. <laughs> so yeah. in your, your comeback, like you basically said, okay, you beat me the first time, but I, I know this and I'm coming back and I'm taking the second match. And that's a good thing to do, especially when you've had some experience, like an actual experience of playing a person and a deck in general. Uh, so congrats on that. Thank you. I appreciate it, Chuck. You're making me blush oh. over here. <laughs> um, but I did want to get some kind of final thoughts on the whole experience as a whole, because this was new for me um, in, in a thought session of Pokemon and game planning for a specific tournament the next day. So, because, I mean, we want everyone to improve. And if you're another newer player that listens to our podcast and wants to maybe try and emulate this in your own city and, and maybe one of those guys that listen in or or be part of our 
part, part of our group. group. Part of our <laughs> yeah. group. And come join. And become and 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 realize that the like this thought process and this pre-gaming before tournament experience will help you as a whole perform better. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get final thoughts around the board on that process. Um, if you want to, Jake, you want to lead off? Sure. I mean, I think the night before, um, just the, you know, the little powwow uh, between, you know, making little minor deck adjustments um, really helped me on my run. And I know it helped, you know, uh, the, you know, Brian and Ryan. Um, but apart from even just that, um, the camaraderie um, as, you know, a group, I think there's a lot to be said. Um, when you're just trying to do something solo compared to when you have the backing of, you know, your testing group, your pals. Um, and even, you know, when one member not, doesn't necessarily do the best, um, but being able to always have something to cheer for, to look forward to and, you know, pump up your buddies. Um, that's what it's about. I mean, I, I know probably IRL will be even you bump this experience up like tenfold. Um, but it's all about the community and the community growth as a whole. Um, so it's not just that, yeah, Ryan won. It's like, yeah, Des got top six. Um, you know, I, I got top 20. Um, and top I 20. know you didn't, I know you didn't do, you know, quite as much as you wanted, but you, the insight you had the night before definitely helped rise, um, you know, our play and help us get to, you know, you know, the higher standings um, in this given tournament. And every community member has its, their value, um, even if it's not their day, day to shine. They're still there backing up their guys or girls. Um, and that's what it's about. Above all, I would like to say that anytime a group comes together to benefit off of the insight of others for their deck choice and their tech decisions and just in general, the 60 cards in their deck, it doesn't become more of the individual that wins the day. It becomes more Mm -hmm. of the group that wins the day. So someone might not do well, but the insight that they gave into the deck, the insight that they gave into the 60 and the insight they gave into the matchups, the, the, the training that they help to do like, Oh, this is the matchups that we, that we have to focus on. We really have to nail these ones down and get some experience. Those, you know, the, the people that might not perform well still participated in all of that. And, you know, that their, their contribution matters just as much as the person that wins, just as much as the person that does sixth place. Mm -hmm. And those people are the people we can never take for granted. And just as always, it's a big thank you to any of those guys. You know, you, you, you eat the bad juju for today, but above all, we came out on top. Yeah. It was a team win. Thousand percent. Brian, I don't want to forget you this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> chuck, uh, chuck, chuck. No, I, uh, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, uh, I never got the opportunity to go to a regional or anything. So these are def- – like, this was probably the biggest tournament I've ever played in. Unless I – I don't know. I, I might have – I guess, like, the team challenges was bigger or whatever. But so it was really interesting and fun to see where – we as a group could end up on this leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you don't really like from all the times I've been watching, which is only like a handful of years, but you see, I, there's a few, few names, you know, that people have won a lot of tournaments or worlds or whatever. And, you know, like these people are good, but you don't see like 
a group of people or talking about like a region of players. So I think I like the idea of us putting a name out there as like a community and saying, instead of like saying, Oh, Ryan won. that would be like, Oh, look at the Pittsburgh team. They did this. way. I think that's a really fun idea. And like we were talking about, I wish we could, I guess we could have thought of it ahead of time, but it'd be cool to put like a tag or whatever on our name. So people can all see, like you see our country flag, but it'd be cool to see like, Oh, these four people were all part of the same group and they all place this well. Like, that yeah. maybe that's something I'd like to see. Obviously, we're doing a lot to grow it in our own community. I think it'd be cool to see other people do that. And maybe once we start traveling around, like I'm really definitely excited to do that type of stuff as a group. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And just because, and it goes without saying that the communication between people bouncing ideas is invaluable. Like, you know, one, no people you see winning worlds or did it on their own. They all have a bunch of people that help them test decks and so the just talking to people about what you're going to be playing is key to success for sure yeah exactly it's it's great to see camaraderie on all levels even when um you're talking bigger scales when you see a team come to somewhere and you can go okay those guys are good yeah they got their stuff grouped together and you they're a little bit more recognizable than maybe just the name especially if you come i mean people Pokemon, you travel. So especially if you come across the world from somewhere to play, um, it's cool to see a group, maybe more than just one person. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess part of it is because we haven't been able to play in person, but it's, I feel like there's a lot of personalities that I've become aware of online and I and know they have their own stores and stuff. It's like, I'm surprised I don't see more like coming out of those types of places about playing teams and stuff. Like it I seems mean, like a lot of people are like, I don't know, on their own. Well, we're definitely not on our own here in right. Pittsburgh. It's just, like I said, this as much as like individually, yes, I would have liked to win, but um, yeah, being able to see Ryan take down, you know, the tournament and see you t- top sixing, um, I was so happy. Like it, it's, it's it's like I don't know how to really extru- extru- describe it. It is it's probably it's. It's just yeah, as I mean, close as, you know, if I won the tournament compared to Ryan, like, I, I'm just happy for our group. I love our community. And like I've been saying, just like watch out for us. Like this isn't even all of our players. Like, you know, we all have a real life. But like if we were able to get, you know, two to three more players, uh, you know, plus um, who knows what we could have done, um, you know, as a group at that point. So I just I can't wait to see maybe hopefully put a little bit of fear in players if they see, Oh yeah, I just don't want to play anybody from Pittsburgh, not just like myself or just, you know, Des or, or Ryan or, or Chuck, um, you know, just having that Pittsburgh um, team, you know, thing it, yeah. it, to be feared, I guess. <laughs> That's right. We'll smile and then beat you up. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. It was just, for me, it was just a cool experience to see that the team effort paid off. I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you're looking at it more as a team effort, even though it's an individual like event, like it's good to, we came into it as a, as a team worked out a thing that we thought would be the best play for each and every one of us. And it was nice to see everyone where, how they were going and, and things pl- and like Ryan placing high, both of you guys making phase two. And you're like, all right, the fruits of our labor are working. We, we knew what we were talking about when we went into this. I mean, only one person is going to walk away. And 
as a winner anyway. So, and one of us, it was one of us. So it's good to see that we got the, the call right on our process the day before. Yep. So. Can't wait to do it again. Right. Um, I'm not sure, you know, when times will line up. I know we're all very busy people, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to more of these experiments um, before, you know, IRL play starts, you know, so we may not have the IRL play uh, portion down, but as far as metagaming, you know, this it was a big step in the direction for our team, I think for sure. All right, uh, I'm gonna. I think that's all we really needed to talk about today. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, if Brian, let's go to you first. You got any final shout outs? Things you want to say? No, nothing particularly. Just thank you guys for putting all this together. You guys do a lot with the community. You're definitely kind of like the focal point of all of this with the podcast and everything. So appreciate all the stuff you do, and it was fun working together to make this happen. We've Cool. Yeah. Well, we always appreciate your effort too. You were part of the part of the team today, and and great job. Sure, thanks, Ryan. You're up. All right. Uh, first, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you guys a lot, and I also want to shout out Roundtable. Make sure to yes. make sure as, ma- as many people Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join us on the Roundtable. Everyone's willing to. Uh, we're always willing to have people on. So. The podcast will air, I believe, on Wednesday, so it'll be during that day. So that night will be, uh, this night we'll be doing the roundtable for sure. Also, and- Twitter handle at uh, ry4gaming. Make sure to give me a follow. I won the Sunday Open, so yeah, I think I know a little bit of what I'm doing. <laughs> Just a smidge. <laughs> um, I want to piggyback off that real quick before we head out. Um, as far as the roundtable. Um, a lot of the times we do kind of a meta analysis on X deck of the day where it fits what the top 60 is. So depending if, you know, you're, you're a player that wants to play in a tournament that, that week, we could be doing that kind of, you know, simulation as we did um, for this um, during the round table. So definitely join us there. Um, but on top of that, if you want to get a hold of us, you got uh, myself at Pinux one at Twitter. And then you also got Chuck at watch whimsy. That's going to do it all for our show today. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Here we go, Pittsburgh. Here we go. Here we go, Pittsburgh. Here we go.